Are you Jedi? Or are you after the child? I'm here for the armor. If you want my armor, you'll have to peel it off my dead body. I don't want your armor. I want my armor. That you got from Cobb Van back on Tatooine. It belongs to me. Are you Mandalorian? I'm a simple man making his way through the galaxy. Like my father before me. I'm Colin. And I'm Sam. And this is where we talk about everything Star Wars related that happened in the past week. And chapter 14, I think, is the thing that everyone yeah. wants to know about, talk about. And I don't know, do you guys watch it as soon as it drops? No, no. I, I still live like a somewhat normal life and I can't afford to do that. So <laughs> I get up usually around like 7.30 in the morning or so, 8 o'clock, and that's the first thing I do. I've watched every episode of The Mandalorian so far this season on my phone in bed. So that's, that's, my, uh, that's my life. <laughs> uh, Brooke and I usually wake up around 6 because of she has to be work at, by 8 and she, uh, and she works about one hour away. So we wake up at that time. We watch it. I don't even go on my phone when I first wake up. I just go directly to our Xbox, turn it on, and then we watch it because I've just seen so many people complaining about spoilers being online that morning. And I was like, if you have time to go on social media for a bit, then I would try and watch the episode. If not, then just wait. Um, <laughs> Smart man. Uh, uh, and I know it sucks, but you know there are people out there that that just want to tell the world that they were one of the first people to watch it and that's great but at the same time you have to be respectful of the people that don't have that time um yeah so we try and watch it as soon as we wake up so then we just avoid all that because i i mean for us podcasters we we have to make time to watch it right away so then we can talk about it and post Mm -hmm. about it right so yeah i I'm the only madman here. I stay up till 2 a.m. and try and watch. You and James. Yeah. David's hard. yeah, David and James are harder than us, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, if I go to bed, I know I'm not going to fall asleep, you know? And if I say that's why I don't stay up and just wake up my wife. But yeah, anyways, I do play the whole game of like trying to refresh it like right at 2 a.m. <laughs> oh, man. And I took a video of it. And I think you have to back all the way out and then come back in. I don't know. I took a video of it. I think I posted it somewhere on our social media. And if you're not following us on social media, of course, we're on Instagram, Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Yes. And so when the thumbnail came up for Chapter 14, you see a picture of Cara Dune sitting down with the Mandalorian. My first thoughts were, okay, well, we're going back to Navarro. It's not going to be anything. Mm-hmm. 
huge this episode. We're not going to get anything momentous, historic. <laughs> yeah. And boy, was I wrong. And yeah, of course, seriously, I, I did not think we we're going to get to Tython in this episode. I was like, there's no way. Maybe at the very end, but there we are. First five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone thought about Tython this episode. No. But there were rumors about the runtime, and it did say 33 minutes, which is, I mean, kind of spoiled with this great Star Wars show. But I mean, 33 minutes seems kind of short. Mm-hmm. But I think everyone's kind of reaction to watching the episode it felt way longer oh yeah 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 the um for me i thought uh i did not expect um for the main character to show up like that the way that he did and the timing that he did it was just like boom he's here and uh and the actual uh episode the episode recap that they ended up doing they like hinted at uh, he he was coming but i didn't think that that some of the other stuff was going to happen because of there's only three episodes left so this is footage we've never seen before and we had no idea what to expect and they blew everyone away even though it was uh only that it was 33 minutes so i think they did a fantastic job and the way that they did everything this was probably the most action-packed episode that they've done and it's just been spectacular i i i loved it i i thought it was amazing and we learned more history and it was great so that's the thing i wanted to talk about this the recap i mean we see the image of the dark figure walking up to fennec shan's body and of course you hear the iconic boba fett spurs and that's the first person i thought of but it, it for some reason people didn't think it was Boba Fett, and yeah. I was like, that has to be Boba Fett. Either that or Cad Bane, I guess. Right. But knowing that Favreau loved Boba Fett, I'm like, man, that that has to be Boba Fett. But them showing this recap, automatically, I was like, Boba Fett's in this in this episode. Yeah. So, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Should we get these recaps the way that they're doing them because they're kind of spoilery in a way? Yeah, they do have the option to to skip it, which is nice. But at the same time, I use the time of when they're doing the of doing the recap. I like go and grab some food real quick, or just kind of get comfortable and get ready to get fully zoned in. So that's the main reason why I do it. But I I watched this recap and I was like, interesting. And then uh, and and then the episode occurred, and then you just see him just coming around the corner and you just hear the iconic engine sound and you're just like oh man it's happening now i was not expecting to see slave one seeing slave one blew me away oh yeah yeah that was such a cool entrance yeah oh man so did you recognize the engine sound without seeing slave one yes like yes yeah and i mean uh and, and and the reason why is because in uh of course, there's the movies, but in Star Wars Battlefront 2, there, um, uh, uh, there's the star, there's the star fighter battles, and they've just put all the iconic like movie sounds and the sounds of ships into that game for all the ships. So every single time that you're flying an X-wing or something, and you hear the engine, you know you need to fly away because that because <laughs> that thing will chase cool. you down and shoot you. So as soon as I heard the engine, I was like, 
no way and it just came around the corner and and you're just like that thing looks beautiful and this is so soon like i i just was not expecting it and and i think it did a great job with with having that come back because of this episode is great uh i mean uh i i I love the show is because of we are seeing a bunch of new stuff but at the same time this show gives us the opportunity to pretty much give us closure on some stories that were told in uh in the original trilogy and seeing bubble fett i think we'll finally get closure on the whole sarlacc pet thing and and who uh fett really is because of he has been built up as this legendary character but we've never really seen him do anything um uh super crazy and in this episode you you just see him oh, go he's so cool out so cool it's, <laughs> it, it's beautiful it's amazing yeah yeah i mean it's it was wild to see. it's a shocking thing we get so many shocking moments in this series and yeah. there was actually a rumor out there that they built the slave one cockpit in the volume and it's it's somewhere Ooh. in one of the three volumes that they have built and of course there's a rumor out there there's going to be a boba fett series so i mean what better thing to do just use that for the boba fett series as mm-hmm. well and if you see the conceptual art at the very end you see more inside of slave one so i think they maybe shot more scenes inside of slave one we just didn't get them in this episode but it seems like that was a plan all along to build the cockpit and have slave one which makes me think ahead and maybe we get slave one as mando's main ship in the future i don't know that that would be insane um we don't know what happens to fat in the future i mean like i'm talking about like going into the sequels so something that could happen is that um uh during the period of the show like uh there's a possibility they're on a mission and fett doesn't make it and then he passes the ship on to him um because again we never got real closure on uh on fett uh during the original trilogy because of the whole star like Fett thing people were saying he's dead people were saying that he he escaped and now it's canon officially that he's out of there yeah. it's um it's going to be interesting because we have no idea now what's really going on so uh, his new ship, and I mean, in particular, which we'll get to that later because we still got a lot to talk about, but it's it's going to be interesting because there's a lot of unknown things and it's just going to be theories for a while. And I'm super excited to see all that kind of stuff kind of go into play. Yeah, if I were a betting man, I think they ultimately end up killing off Boba Fett at some point in this series, maybe in a season or two. Yeah. Um, I just think they, they need to, they could close that character art arc the right way you know right. now um because i think people a lot of people were kind of especially when Django fett becomes became such a prominent character in the prequels to to kill off in a way boba fett and the sarlacc pit uh you know it's a little bit anticlimactic so i think they will he'll probably have a character arc we already see that a little bit right so he might he might you know turn turn good yeah. i guess in a way um and then i think yeah they'll probably kill him off in a valiant way that's that's my guess and then yeah um yeah maybe we'll see uh uh, uh, Dinjar and take that ship. We'll see. Yeah. So at the very beginning of the episode, we there's a very kind of almost like private moment that Dinjarin has with Grogu, where he kind of wants to see him use the Force again with yeah. the, the shifter knob, and he uses the Force, and 
Din Djarin, I think for the first time ever, we see him laugh, which is interesting. He's, he's like softening up. It, it's it's really kind of like a father-son dad mm-hmm. movie, you know? And Grogu does use the force and take the knob from him. And then Din Djarin exclaims, Dank Farrick. And I was just kind of like trying to figure out why he said that and what his like thoughts were behind that exactly. Because it seems like you could kind of interpret that a couple of different ways. Like maybe he was upset kind of that. Yeah, it is kind of, Hmm. he is a force user and he has to end up leaving him and reuniting him with the Jedi. Or was he happy the fact that he he does in fact have it was it was like a reassurance in a way that yeah. he didn't have those powers um i think it's i think it is more of a curious dinjarin uh because of he spent his whole life not really knowing what the force was so it's probably like him doing that using the force and then him being like crap like whoa like that's crazy i i can't believe this is real i think that was the reaction but at the same time i can see where you're coming from or where, where he's like dang it he's he's using the force i'm i'm uh i'm he's gonna be leaving us soon and i i don't know how to deal with it because of in the last episode when when he went to go and and grab him you could tell he was a sad dad like he was not happy with letting him go and and he was holding on to him for a while until ahsoka came up and said that, that you have to go here and he's like oh okay i i i get to be with him for a tiny bit longer but i think that their bond is so strong right now uh that uh that he will do anything to um to protect him and i think that he's just a proud dad and I think that um, he's grown a lot since season one of just being that that lone wolf to now he's with someone. And that just shows you how great um, uh, the directors and and the writers, uh, how they make these characters. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we've always seen uh, Din Djarin as such like an independent guy, you know, at least in the first season. And so yeah. now seeing him, you know, having to care for this child and stuff and like growing an attachment to probably the first, you know, being that he's really had an attachment to, um, you know, since he since he was uh, taken by Death Watch. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think, I think it's interesting. We're seeing a lot of his character develop through that, that interaction mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So the title card hits chapter 14 the trip. oh i know my mind was racing <laughs> yeah, yeah i wouldn't say my heart started like beating faster but i was kind of unnerved in a way because it's like oh my gosh what exactly? happened i figured something was gonna happen with grogu um maybe we lo- lose a character i don't know but yeah i i kind of got worried and uh, we pull yeah. up straight on to tython yeah, I mean that was that was a huge surprise. <laughs> um, something that th- that I've been thinking about is that this um, this planet in Legends was like the like the first um, the first planet that um, well it was the planet that had the first Jedi temple and and in Legend and then 
uh, and and then we go to Last Jedi and the island and the planet that uh, that Luke Skywalker is on and and the Last Jedi in the beginning of Force Awakens, they are saying that that is the first temple. So uh, I I I just want to make it clear to people that right now that planet of the Last Jedi, um, uh, that is canon for the first like temple of the Jedi. This planet that they go on in this episode of the Mandalorian is not canon as the first temple because um, I've just seen so many people have been been talking about that and not actually doing the research and 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 just claiming that it's the first one and I was just like no yeah yeah the pictures I've seen of Tython it looked a whole lot more lush yeah more scenic and I know in the comics the, uh, Dr. Afra takes Vader to an ice cap on Tython so of course it's kind of a thing that's kind of talked about the fact that when you go to a planet in Star Wars, it's always one climate. Maybe Tython is our first planet where we have multiple different climates. Oh, uh, well, no, I, I was going to say, uh, there is the planet Kessel, uh, re, uh, re, remember in the, in the third or the second, um, uh, episode of the arc of where Ahsoka is, she, she is, with the sisters and 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 they go to Kessel and and they go to that big castle like in the forest and stuff and then they travel to the other side and it's nothing but like um rocks and a desert and then they see like the area of what we see like in solo like that was two two different climates there yeah i was referencing more the live action aspect oh, and the okay. whole, like, well historical debate on it yeah so yeah. yeah he rolls up and he sees something that looks almost like star wars stonehenge in a way Oh yeah. yeah. And the cool thing is he lands kind of off to the side and jet packs his way up to the top of that mountain to, to the mm -hmm. scene stone. And it's like, wow, we're already here. They're, they're already doing this. And he sets them on the scene stone. And like Colin talked about earlier, you hear the engine rumble. And at first mm -hmm. I didn't automatically kind of, remember the engine but when i saw it i was like wow it was at, it was such a an arresting image to me to see slave one for the first time in so many years and something new since attack of the clones right yeah, yeah yeah and yeah just just to see it i mean just the way it moves and how it lands on its on its back and i i was thinking okay so is is boba fett actually gonna show up here or is it someone else because we all had had those questions about where is Slave One at? Is it in Java's yeah. parking garage? I mean, where exactly is it? And then we see the figure come out. And of course, there was all the debate at the end of chapter nine. Was that really Boba Fett? Was that another clone? clone. Yeah. And I mean, the assumption was it was Boba Fett. I mean, we were all kind of 99% yeah. in the yeah, agreement. Sure. So yeah, he rolls out, but he still has the, the, the cycler rifle and the gaffy stick on his back. So it's almost like he adopted the Tuscan Wayne a little bit. So yeah, he rolls out and we all remember, of course, the recap shows us where he walks up to Fennec Shan. So of course he probably has Fennec along with him. And the fact that Ming-Na Wen is, is a pretty huge actress and you figure she'd come back. So yeah. we get the dialogue of Boba Fett and Din Djarin mm -hmm. and he pretty much breaks it down that I'm here for my armor. And 
automatically Din Djarin thinks that it's his armor that he wants. And then, of course, we, we get in the subtitles, it says, I believe it does say Boba Fett. And he reveals the fact that he's, he's here for his armor. And he talks about it, it was his father's armor. Of course, we know that. And the big debate is, okay, so the armor, Din Djarin refers to it as Beskar. But for all these years, we've kind of known that it was Durasteel, a, a different type right. of metal. So the question is, are we kind of retconning in a way or the fact that it was never discussed in canon material? I mean, does that give them like the leeway to just kind of automatically change what we already know and make it Beskar? So, uh, so the great thing um, that uh, that has been happening for the past couple of years is that when Disney, uh, when they got the rights to Lucasfilm and stuff, they made a bunch of stuff from Legends no longer canon, and slowly through the years um, since then, um, they have been making some stuff from Legends canon. For for example, um, Grand Al- Grand Admiral Thrawn was was not canon uh until until he appeared in star wars rebels and sam had a great point earlier and the fact that um that for beskar it's supposed to be this really strong stuff where like nothing can dent it but if you go to fett's helmet and and you see that dent in there that should not be there if it's full beskar so I'm just curious if they're keeping the story of where, um, where Fett and, and Cad Bane fought at, near at the end of the Clone Wars, and they had this old, um, old Western style type fight, and and they both draw it at the same time, and 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 in that scene that they it's online if you guys want to look for it, just like type in um, Cad Bane versus Boba Fett, and they both shoot and it looks like Cad Bane's dead, but apparently he's not. And, uh, and Cad Bane shoots Fett and, and the head and, and you see his helmet roll. And then you see that dent in there and it just doesn't make sense for his armor to be that type of armor. So I have no idea because I don't think we heard um, Fett actually say that his armor was Beskar in this episode. I may be wrong, but I don't remember him ever saying that his armor was actually that. Yeah, he, he never says that. Yeah. It's it's his armor as a whole is referred to as Beskar, but whether that's a you know synonym for Mandalorian style armor, that was the debate we were having earlier before we started podcasting. Yeah. Um, I I was trying to think because there's something to if we go back to like uh, chapter nine, first episode of the season. I mean, would Dinjarin be so like? Oh, that's Mandalorian armor. I need to keep it. If it wasn't Beskar, you, you know what I mean. Like if it was just kind of like a in the style of Mandalorian armor, I would imagine Dinjarin would be able to tell that right away. And maybe he, you know, maybe that's an argument for it being Beskar. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah, and he shows up. Of course, it reveals that Fennec Shan is there, and she has her sniper rifle pointed directly at Grogu, and. I thought in chapter, I believe it was five, the gunslinger, when Toro Calican shot her, uh, I didn't think she was she was out. I, don't, I didn't think she was dead at all. 
but apparently the shot like really like messed her up and they revealed her stomach and it showed like these mechanical like like cogs and and just like I don't know gears and all kinds of stuff in her stomach and I thought that was kind of odd in a way but then my mind started like kind of like thinking okay well I don't think Boba did that to her who did he take her to and I was like well he must have taken her to maybe like Dr. Evazan or Dr. Mandible or something <laughs> I don't know but yeah I thought that was kind of interesting and I was thinking about the whole like anatomy and biology and the the way they could actually install that but I don't know that I think that's kind of a first we've seen in a way other than Luke's hand I don't know it just like struck me kind of odd but um yeah well I well I I mean she got saved and then she was like I owe my life to him now so I serve him and and her like attitude from from when we first saw her is completely different so she um she must have got really hot wired to be different because of her personality i feel is more of like i serve him now and not like how she was where she's like i used to serve the empire and i was just like this assassin and 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 another way that that she is she she just seems more humble and she seems more um kind of lighter on her attitude so I'm kind of curious of what actually happened to her and who fixed her. Like if that ends up being Fett that actually fixed her, then he's got skills that we never knew. But again, you know, that's just falling into the category that um, that he's been built up as this legend um, and, and, that, and that he's been talked about being this really cool guy, but we only saw a couple of things. Then you go to Return of the Jedi, he gets put into the Sarlacc and then boom. So there's probably skills that we have no idea about. Interesting. Yeah. You think she's a full on cyborg now, like yeah. more than just her stomach has been worked on. Yeah. So yeah, Din returns back up to the, to the mountaintop, to the scene stone, and you can see runes around the scene stone lit up and you see this like blue, like aura type of thing, like going straight up into the sky and you see, Grogu in like a lotus pose and automatically I'm thinking okay well someone's getting someone's gonna see this he's contacting someone he's he's having a force vision and mm -hmm. of course Din tries to race up there and take him from the stone and he gets kind of shot back by a force field pun intended and it's it's kind of interesting that, I mean, they, they actually showed this. I, I was kind of taken aback. Another kind of shocking type of, like, scene that they gave us. And what, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, he's on the scene stone. What is actually happening? I think he's communicating to a Jedi of some sort. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think he's, I mean, what do you think he's setting up a beacon? or? Uh... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was my thought too. Kind of like in Lord of the Rings, where they light the beacons. And, I mean, <laughs> who's, I mean, who's gonna just the see... spotlight through space? <laughs> yeah, exactly, like a force spotlight. And of course, you see those those symbols on there. Yeah, the, the yeah the runes light up, but you but you see the ships come down, and I, I was like, okay, it's on now. We're gonna get the dark troopers. 
yeah um, um well i well um i've got two things so uh so not only um um not only is it possible that 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 it's kind of a force beacon for jedi but it's a force beacon for other force wielders out there um that may not be on the light side so i think that might play into the next season of where they're going on adventures and then they end up running into a to an old sith inquisitor that survived or something like that i think that's a high um thing that could happen and i'm thinking that soon um dinjarin will probably get to use that spear um that ahsoka gave him and have more training on it so then we'll probably see more lightsaber type fights in the future uh and the ships coming down that you were talking about those look very similar to the first order drop ships that we see in force awakens mm. so i think that, I make that uh, connection, but you're totally yeah right. so so i think that the first order did use some of the old um uh empire resources and just kind of did some re modeling on some of the stuff that they had um because if you go to force awakens you know it's tie fighters but they've kind of added some things to it so it looks different but it's the same and then there's the stormtrooper armor where like it's the same but different because of like the the their isolates and everything so i think that that the first order um is slowly coming and i think this was this was a subtle hint to the first order that that a lot of people are just kind of not seeing right away until like someone talks about it mm-hmm. yeah well i think we're going to see an evolution in ships and stuff and oh you know, yeah design slight design changes and i think we're going to see that build throughout the series mm-hmm. where it gets closer and closer to uh to first yeah. order we might even see like you know some first order logos start showing up like we see in clone wars near the end like during the last season we start yeah. seeing the empire logos on stuff oh mm-hmm. it's so cool i love that um so yeah yeah pretty cool Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was going to be dark troopers that, that rolled out, but of course we mm-hmm. get the stormtroopers, and I think it's the first time we ever get a stormtrooper in the series with the with the orange pauldron like we saw in A New Hope, and we see them roll out, and we see. I thought that was red. No. Uh, I think it. Well, maybe like red orange. I don't know. Oh, okay. I always thought of it as orange, but yeah, we see them roll up on them, and of course we get to finally see Boba Fett without the armor in action and actually taken out and dude he used that gaffy stick man he used it like i i I mean his his facial expressions you could like tell that like he knew what he was doing and that also um kind of makes another question is that he's got all these skills why did he not take his armor from from the marshal on, on on Tatooine. Yeah, no, I was thinking that too because he has his ship clearly, yeah, so he yeah. has like resources, right? Yeah. So I was thinking that too. I mean, I guess we don't really know exactly how long Cobb Banth has had the armor. Right. But I, I mean, it could have only been you know a couple months, even. Um, I don't quite understand the timeline on that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Seriously, why couldn't he take out Cobb Banth? Well, here's my theory. I think. Um. Uh. uh I think Fett. Um, was tracking his armor. He he saw that he had it, but he saw that Cobb Vanth was using it to protect his people. And I think that 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 he was like, oh, maybe my time as a bounty hunter is over and stuff. And then the uh, and then Din Jarn shows up, and the whole thing went down with the crate dragon. And then he's like, okay, well now someone else has my armor, 
and and he might not be a, a good person. I need to hunt him down and get my armor back. I don't I, know. I, He's, he's a simple man making his way through the galaxy, though. I mean, he's kind of an independent guy. I don't know yeah. if you'd necessarily... He's probably too selfish to, to do that. that. That's my opinion of the character, at least. I don't know. The the way that he was acting during this episode um, kind of yeah, changed no, our that perspective. Was, that was serious, because I, I know yeah. we talked about during the Chapter 9 podcast, we were talking about, you know, uh, Boba Fett's yeah. kind of loathing towards... Potentially loathing towards, like, all Force users in general because yeah. of uh, Mace Windu and stuff. Um, but the fact that, you know, he yeah. kind of has now he's, he's a man for his word and he's committed to getting Grogu back. That's, you know, it's interesting. There's mm-hmm. definitely been a character change throughout, you know, I guess between uh, six and now. Yeah. Return of the Jedi. So, mm-hmm. yeah, really depending on the time to where he actually gets out of the Sarlacc pit. And I think we're all assuming he joins the Tusken Raiders and kind of maybe was in that chapter nine battle against the Crate Dragon. Maybe he was still like trying to recover from his Sarlacc pit injuries. And maybe he was just trying to recover his strength and looking for the best time to actually attack Cobb Vanth. And of course, Din Djarin shows up and takes the armor. So maybe that threw off his plan to recover the armor because, yeah, Boba Fett does say Cobb Vanth when he does talk to Din Djarin in this episode. And yeah, it's some of the most creative action I think we've seen in Star Wars live action. And we do see some of these stormtroopers get their armor like really destroyed on them. Oh, I man. was trying not to cringe. I was trying not to cringe. <laughs> you see the helmet on the ground, it's like completely crushed in. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, see it's... those helmets on the ground. I see my helmet on the ground. I'm just oh, like, funny. No. Funny. I'm just like, oh man, I would die. I would if, die if that happened to mine. If we're talking about stormtroopers really quick, did you see the new TK we saw? They yeah, the mortar stormtrooper. Yeah, and um, uh, and we've never seen a mortar in Star Wars ever. Yeah, so I I just looked I it up. That was, I was curious. Too. Apparently, they're mentioned in okay. Chapter Eight, uh, Redemption of Mandalorian. I don't recall that quote, but maybe they say something about mortar stormtroopers somewhere. Um, but this was their first screen appearance. Was this episode? So I'd have to rewatch Eight to see where that is. But that's what uh, you know old fandom says so yeah a lot of people did comment on the fact that the environment seemed like they almost took the production outside and they shot in somewhere in california up on a hill but we don't really know if they did that or just use the volume i want to say they went out to an environment and it was done i'm pretty sure they did it in uh on location yeah. That'd be a hack of a set to make. And, uh, you know, it was, it was dynamic enough for a long enough stretch that I think it was real. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, of course, Ming-Na Wen is uh, Fennec Shan. She's at the very top of the hill. And, of course, we see the border trooper. And then they're setting up an e-web. And once they start, start shooting, they hit... Uh, a huge boulder and of course she forces the boulder <laughs> <Yeah>. off <laughs> and a lot of people are like okay well there's the nod to indiana jones yeah <laughs> and yeah it, it takes out yeah it takes out the e-web almost comically and <laughs> does it move <laughs> yeah yeah you can really see like almost like the splattering of the stormtrooper uh that it takes out and then we see some kind of acrobatics by uh fennec shan she jumps backwards and has like this like yeah. wallpaper pose midair and shoots back and of course another support troop uh ship lands and 
I was like, okay, we're getting dark troopers here, but no, nope. it's another <laughs> <Just> round <laughs> of well, stormtroopers. And of course, Din Djarin still trying to get Grogu off that scene stone to protect him. Uh, he's he's in full on dad mode trying to trying to save him. Well, so Grogu's time was a little bit. I don't know. I was like, come on, man, you're not gonna. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know. It's kind of like one of those things. It's like, man, I mean, it didn't work the first time. You think it's going to work the second time. I don't know. But yeah, he, so Grogu ends his uh, like force channeling on the scene stone. And as he's walking away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 If he would have just waited a little timing. bit longer. Well, the other yeah. thing is, is that if, uh, if Din Djarin didn't have to put down his jetpack, then he would be like unstoppable and he could have gotten. Oh, well, okay. So. So here's one thing about that. In uh, in chapter 10 um, from this season, uh, th- th- there's that scene where um, uh, where he where he gives that bounty hunter his jetpack and then he presses the button and turns it on and then the jetpack comes back to him. Right. Why didn't he do that during this Oh, episode? and just get it? Because he could have like... Yeah. No, because that was a big thing. They, I, I noticed that when, when I watched it the first time that he said yeah. on his jet, as, uh, his sorry it's jetpack and the yeah. whole episode i was thinking like man if he had his jetpack he'd be like freaking pro so clearly they did that to like handicap him a little bit right but yeah i didn't even think about that yeah why can't he just remote it back to himself right like that's you know ooh, is that a plot hole baloney mm-hmm. come on man um yeah. <laughs> oh that, that is interesting though i hadn't thought about that cool yeah the uh uh the stormtroopers too um uh that uh that first stormtrooper that comes out of that transport i noticed right away like i mean i I mean, and it's totally fine. Like, but you could tell that that first stormtrooper that got shot that walked out of the transport was completely animated, and yeah. uh, I, and we've never really seen like fully, like fully animated stormtroopers before in live action. So I I think seeing that was very interesting. But it makes sense because of all the action and all the fight scenes happening, where like they're just getting thrown everywhere, and I can't even imagine how expensive it was to to just destroy some of these suits i don't know if if these were some five first legion members that were just like yeah go ahead do it but it makes no, sense why they, they made them they made yeah. them for sure well I, I i i mean and but again these suits are not cheap so uh so it makes sense why m- m- some of the stormtroopers in there were animated because of the action scenes were like i think I, I think there's a scene where like he knocks a stormtrooper down and like you can just see his neck snaps like hitting a rock and you're just like whoa so I mean it's insane this episode was so action packed and yeah. I don't think anyone expected it some of the best Star Wars combat we've seen like period in my oh, opinion yeah. like it was one of the greatest action scenes um, yeah. I mean right up there like Geonosis uh, you yeah. know that oh, oh, perfection <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah yeah, I did think about that too. Uh, are those stormtroopers five oh first related? I don't think they are, no. because I think we would have heard something by now. But the maybe they they're, only gonna, NDA, they're only going to use they're, about that. they're only going to use five first people if they do it again. They're only going to do it if they're huge like background, not doing anything. Right. Yeah, more like, like aesthetic this, and not. Yeah, action. yeah. If they just need this huge mass of people, you know. So. Right. They're not five oh first. They also have a budget now. They didn't have as big of a budget for season one. Oh, so yeah, they couldn't true. make the costumes. Hmm. Yeah, so we see the force communication stop, and then we see Grogu just kind of lay down and yeah, he's like totally spent. <laughs> yeah. And of course, we see Fennec try to fend off more stormtroopers, and then Din Djarin shows up. He uses, he uses the whistling birds again. And it's always a question okay, so. 
Where is he get getting the ammunition for that? Yeah, he did not use his flamethrower this episode, though. I don't know if you guys are we're keeping track <laughs> about uh, Dinjarin's flamethrower usage, but he did not use one this episode. Did not. Yeah, he sure didn't. Um, uh, something, uh, um, something about that, David. I, 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 I was thinking of that too. Is, uh, is the rocket in in Fett's jetpack? Like, yeah, seriously. That where was... on earth does he keep it, especially with Cobb Vanth? He like uses that thing maybe two or three times and and yeah, where's he getting reloaded? Yeah. On the sand crawler, I didn't see any spare rockets just laying around. So I was curious on like where on earth was he carrying those spare rockets? <laughs> yeah, and I think the other thing to notice was the rocket on Cobb Vance jetpack when he wore it was different from the classic rocket. Yeah. And then when Boba Fett grabs the jetpack this time, it's the classic rocket on the yeah. back. So that might be a plot hole. But yeah, Din Djarin gets in front of Fennec Shan and his, he's basically like her shield and he's like a tank taking on all those blaster bolts. Yeah. And of course we see the scene the where prior to that, Boba Fett takes out various stormtroopers and he takes a look at the Razor Crest. And of course we all know what he's thinking. My armor's there, go get it. And a very kind of, iconic scene now it feels like we see mm-hmm. boba fett in his armor for the first time in decades and he just looks totally awesome he fills yeah. out the armor more so than cobb Manth did yeah. And- oh, yeah almost a little too much in a couple of those shots <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah he's rocking boba fett's rocking the dad bod and he takes out so many stormtroopers with a blaster and a built-in blaster on one of the gauntlets it looks like yeah and it, it's like, like a cross shotter yeah yeah and he just walks through like john wick and takes out all these stormtroopers displaying like He's various different cool moves yeah. shooting stormtroopers at point blank range and for the first time ever in live action yeah we see his knee pad yeah missiles yeah go off and yeah. into a big group of stormtroopers and the stormtroopers that didn't get hit, they take a look and they run off, which is just hilarious. And yeah. of course they retreat. And I mean, it's, it's just <laughs> amazing what we're seeing. It's incredible. It's shocking. It's, I mean, it's all the adjectives. It's like, I cannot believe what I just saw. And we finally have Boba Fett back and, all the people that said he was dead, long gone. Yeah. Totally wrong. And, of course, we do see him use the classic rocket that I referred to. <laughs> yeah. And he shoots one of the transports. And he shoots the top one, so it takes the one on the bottom out. And and just, like... Dan, um, Dan Sharn says, wow, nice shot. And yeah. then he's like, um, I actually meant to shoot the other one. <laughs> so I... um. I loved that scene because I know I've talked about this for a while, but so many people ha- ha- um, have said in the past how Boba Fett is not a cool character because he's just hyped up and we've never seen him do anything. This whole episode should like keep those people quiet because he just blew everyone away. We saw him use stuff that we never thought that we would ever see him use. And I mean, and you're right. He just went full John Wick. He lands down. He's just like, pow pow boom boom and just like everyone's gone and those stormtroopers were so scared and and they ran off and 
And I just think that bringing him back was a good idea. And the thing that that's pretty cool is that this actor hasn't put on the armor since 2002. And, uh, and that wasn't even, um, the, that wasn't even the fat armor that we're seeing now. Like the armor that he put on was Django Fett's and he still got it. Like he's got it. And, 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 and I think for the most part that that was, um, Tia, how do you pronounce his first name? Uh, Tamira. Yeah. Um, uh, that was his like um first time wearing the actual fet armor like in live action and the fact that like he just crushed it was amazing and i never thought that that something like this would happen for a very long time i thought he probably wouldn't show up again until maybe next season and that he would be the main antagonist but i was completely wrong i think that's just crazy oh but that's a good guy at yeah. least for now yeah i know <laughs> Which is awesome. Yeah, I was gonna Him say, who knows? Jaren, things might oh, change. Man, they can take on, they can take on the Empire by themselves, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I totally agree. Him, Dinjarin, Fennec Shan now, and then shockingly, we see the huge blaster bolt come out of the sky. Yeah, and <laughs> no. Eradicate, <laughs> disintegrate, pretty much was, the Razor I could, Crest. I could not. I was not look, not anticipating that in the slightest. That was crazy. I that just got that Lego up set everything. Too, man. I know you got You got to throw in the trash now, man. Sorry. I know. I. I. I, I mean. I mean. <laughs> so I've been just trying to think. Since it blew up, are they going to end up um, re um, remaking that ship, or or is he just going to end up getting Slave One or like some different ship? Um, because of they've been trying to sell a bunch of Razor Crests. I know David just bought like the new um, Hasbro Razor. Yeah, Chris. the Haslab Razor Crest. About two yeah. of them. Yeah, and then they just blew it up. And now I'm just like, what <laughs> well, is going to... Well, we I'm still... Like, oh, no. There is... That, there that is, is the tragedy of this episode. Yeah, that was, that was the tragedy. Jeez. Well, but what my question is, the first thing I thought of was like, wait, isn't, isn't the Razor Crest like on, on Exegol? Like, so... Uh, oh, y- yeah. I don't know. I mean, we yeah. know it's... Because, uh, I mean, I know... Uh, who was who it that found the uh, the Razor Crest looking ship in uh, Force, Force Awakens. Awakens? That was David. That was David. Yeah. So yeah. I was. I don't. I mean, it's probably just the, a model of the ship, right? And there's probably other. Yeah, ones. just like the the Millennium Falcon is is a freighter so then model. It's like, oh, I kind of like Dinjarin. Well, um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, something else to 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 point out uh, out about that in Force Awakens is that um, is. In in there, um, and 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 plus, in in Star's Battlefront too, like on on the planet, um, I forget the name of the planet in Force Awakens. David, help me out. Which one? Um, Maz Kanata's castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. So, uh, so 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 in Star's Battlefront two, in a in a certain point of the map, you you see the same ship model as Slave One there, and uh, and. We didn't see that in the movie, but but that like landscape and everything that's in the game is based off in the movie. So there's a chance that you, that you're right, Sam. There's a possibility that maybe down the road he ended up getting Slave One, and they've just kind of been um, putting the seeds like in Star Wars since 2015, and we just didn't know about it. But who who knows? I I personally love the Razor Crest, and that blew me away because of that was like the falcon 
of the Mandalorian and they just yeah. blew it up. So yeah, no, it was uh, becoming a really iconic ship. And now if, I mean, I don't know how many seasons Mandalorian's going to go for, hopefully a bunch, but like now it's only in one and three quarters episode, uh, seasons. Of the show, I love you know? that ship. I love that ship. But, um, uh, but a couple of things survived um, from it, but I know there's still stuff to talk about. Yeah, so we finally get to see the Dark Troopers, and Moff Gideon does confirm the name, and he refers yep. to them as yep. the Dark Troopers. And in true Iron Man fashion, we see them fly <laughs> down to the planet, mm-hmm. and we get a close-up of the face, and they look pretty cool. I know a lot of people had comments that maybe it was kind of like a little too Battlestar Galactica looking, but I thought they looked pretty cool, and I thought they fit. Um, so yeah, they land on top, and of course, Colin brought up the fact that why didn't Din Djarin use the jetpack? Yeah, we don't know, but him and Finnick Shan try and get to the very top of the mountain there with the scene stone, and Grogu is fast asleep, and in robotic fashion, dark troopers appear to be full on just solid droids. They approach Grogu and take him and snatch him up, and that's what I was kind of thinking was going to happen, and. Of course, you think about the title of, of the this particular chapter. And Boba Fett jumps into the Slave One and does a little kind of follow behind. And he flies up through the clouds and he gets visual proof that the Empire is back. And he tells Din and Finnick about it. And he refer it's it's the first time we hear someone talk about this, but he says, yeah, he's not having a spice dream. And <laughs> which I thought I was kind of interesting. <laughs> so yeah, he, yeah, he sees Moff Gideon's ship and he recognizes it as empire. And I mean, it, Grogu, it's, it's tough to not say baby Yoda. I want to, I want to call him Grogu, but yeah, Grogu is gone. And then Din Djarin goes back to the kind of, crater that's left after the remains of of the razor crest being blown up and he's specifically looking for a couple things it's the spear and the uh the shifter and 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 the ball so i i mean uh i mean so for that shifter i'm thinking that will be um it's gonna have significance for sure yeah that will probably have like um, when Dinjarin eventually gets his new ship. That will be like the final touch he he um, that he adds to it. Um, and I, I just think that that um, that that has been a thing since season one, and it's so important to him. And he like holds it, and he just and and in my mind, he's thinking that I'll do anything to save him and get him back and i felt like this episode was kind of like the empire strikes the empire strikes back of this season um uh because of them taking grogu was was like fat taking solo from cloud city and uh and they try to save him at the last minute but then but then they take off and i kind of felt like it was like that and ironically fat is in this episode so yeah, it, it always felt like to me that that season two was going to be like the Empire Strikes Back of the series. Yeah. And we haven't seen the end yet, but it feels like it might play out that way. Yeah, I think I think it'll end on a cliffhanger for sure. I think yeah, that for and 
And the cool thing, we get to see Boba Fett show Din Djarin his chain code, which was encoded in his armor for the past 25 years. And I'm pretty sure someone has already decoded all that. But oh, nice. he shows the proof that, yeah, that's that's um, armor that really belongs to him and that should, should be that should stay with him in his in his line. And I thought that was that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, Din Djarin has the spear, and it's kind of kind of interesting the fact that they chose to use a spear, and it's Pedro Pascal who has used the spear in game of thrones i i thought that was kind of interesting that's a, a weapon he's familiar with and of course they all load up in the slave one and head back to navarro and cara dune is waiting there and din Djarin's trying to assemble star wars avengers here <laughs> essentially yeah and asks her to join and she references the fact that she's a marshal I sorry, I didn't catch that that was a badge when it was first laid down on the yeah. table last episode. Yeah, uh, people, um, uh, people thought that that was like a beacon of some sort, but when she actually says that, that I am now a marshal of the new republic, I didn't know that that was a thing, I didn't know that's what happened in the, in the end of chapter 11. So, I or chapter 12, I think it was chapter 12. 12. 12 yeah 12. yeah so um i thought that was interesting because of she she talked about how she didn't want to be part of the of that anymore because of what happened um yeah i think it's the three stripes if you look at her belt in that chapter um the carl weathers episode that he directed you can look at cara dune's belt and she has three stripes on the buckle and the the badge that's there it also has like three stripes as well okay interesting so, yeah, it's kind of a thing. So he Dinjarn asked Cara Dune to look up um, who can assist, and you see a picture of Mayfield pop up, and it's Bill Burr. So yeah, it looks yeah, like you're going to get Bill Burr back. And Cara Dune references the fact that she's a marshal now. There's rules to follow. There's a law to follow. But then she mentions the fact he that the they child. took the kid. Yeah, yeah took the kid. Whatever it was. And that. then you just see her reaction. And that I think that's all she needed. I mean, she's in, and I I think they're gonna get a slew of I mean people that we I mean it's it's gonna be a mix of season one and season two characters to help them, and I guess Bill Burr is gonna play a big part in it tracking down Moff Gideon. But of course, it it seems like Boba Fett has really good tracking skills too because I mean he tracked down the Razor Crest, and yeah. Well, I mean, what we're starting to see develop is you have like Bo-Katan and the uh, the other Mandalorians, you know, they're starting to like, you know, not like the Empire and stuff. Then you have Ahsoka who, you know, is going after Thrawn, which is probably connected in some way to Moff Gideon, I would imagine. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're building all these forces against the Empire. And I mean, you also have like the, the Rebellion people and stuff, you know, the, the New Republic uh, or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, so, I mean, we're going to start seeing some, uh, some, some uniting of different forces against uh, yeah. this Moff Gideon character. I don't think we'll see the the end of that this episode by any means, but it's, no. it's pretty it's pretty cool what they're building. Uh, Cobb, Vanth, and Boba Fett in the same room. That's going to be interesting if that happens. Uh, and uh, do you guys see Ahsoka um, showing up again um, before the season's done, or are you guys just like, nah, she's doing her own thing? 
Oh, I, I wasn't convinced we were going to see Boba Fett this season, and then here we are. So, right. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think we see. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'll say, I'll say yes. That's my, it's my betting odds. <laughs> yeah, I think we all want her Five to bucks. show up. But yeah. yeah, it seems like that there's several times where the show kind of goes against convention, like Tython showing up this episode. So I'm hoping for her to show up. It would be awesome. I mean, she's the one that sent them to Tython. And I mean, they did the thing, put the kid on the scene stone. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Soka probably saw the beacon lit as well. Right. And I don't know what, what the whole like dynamics are that are involved, but maybe, I mean, she, I mean, she, she has no more work left to do on Kaladin. I mean, the, that, that city is liberated. It seems old planet and that might be okay. Maybe yeah. she does find the time. Maybe she needs to join up with Bo-Katan. I mean, I hope we do get the team up. I definitely do want to see her again. And of course it's a big time actress that's playing Ahsoka. So you figure Avengers, I mean, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm all for it, man. So yeah. I watch these episodes with the subtitles on and you see at the very bottom stormtroopers groaning <laughs> and automatically I thought that Grogu was wrecking shop already. But of course I, I knew that. Yeah. I mean, it, his force, his force usage drains him and yeah. That's exactly what happened. He totally got drained, and Moff Gideon does show up in the back, and he's confident that he's not going to be injured. And see, I really thought that the way the scene was playing out, that they were going to show the fact that Moff Gideon was maybe Force-sensitive, but they didn't show that. But he does take out the Darksaber, and it was that was also an interesting kind of scene, too, because he, he ignites the Darksaber, and he puts it so close to the child, or Grogu, and I thought, is, is he gonna like, like, like maim him a little bit or touch him? Is 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 Grogu really gonna like reach out and like singe himself? I mean, it, it was kind of it's kind of disturbing in a way, and yeah, I mean, he he leaves them and he tells the stormtroopers shackle him. And yeah, I'm like, how, oh, how would you shackle like, him? Oh. You and, and yeah the camera cuts away and then cuts back and then he has these like little like handcuffs on and it's like that, like storm handcuffs and all kinds of sizes yeah that stormtrooper carrying those was like what is this for he walks in and he's like it's a baby because <laughs> like i like i like i i i mean like those things were so small and i just think it's funny that uh that they ended up doing that but at the same time, it makes sense. Like when they walked in, he was just throwing those stormtroopers around. So it makes sense why they had to do it. But um, something else that I find interesting is that he um, something that that chapter that chapter thirteen made was that he's got a history of being at the temple um, during the Clone Wars and all that, and he's had training. So why? Uh, so if he was a Jedi, then why is he choking people? And, and why yeah, is he thinking. doing all that kind of dark side stuff? Mm-hmm. Because in this episode, you know, it showed like he was upset and he was throwing those people around. And that's something that a Jedi really wouldn't do. So I'm kind of curious if, uh, if in his mind, um, 
uh, he's kind of on the same lines of Ahsoka where like, he's not really, uh, he's no longer a Jedi anymore or, or, or maybe he's, he's, he's got the mindset as a baby and, uh, and he's not good or evil. Like he's in the middle because he doesn't know how to deal with his emotions. So I, I don't know, but, but him throwing people around like that, um, and kind of choking the stormtroopers was really interesting to me. So. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of put in a corner. I mean, that was his only option, didn't Jaren? Wasn't there? I mean, I mean, you look at other light side force users like, I mean, Luke in Return of the Jedi. He uses force choke on the Gamorrean guards, and that's a, yeah, that's a dark side trait there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, Grogu also gets stunned, and I think that's the first time we see the the white circle stun projectile in in, in Mandalorians, which yeah, I love. I, new hope. Yeah, yeah I, I I totally love that effect. And then of course, yeah, we see him shackled, and the episode ends, and it reveals the director, and Robert Rodriguez, my neighbor. <laughs> I always say that, but he lives he lives in Austin, which is about fifty or so miles away from from myself, and I think even oh, okay. closer to James. But yeah, I thought that Robert Rodriguez was gonna be the director of this episode. It wasn't really confirmed, but I did see a story uh referencing the fact that there was another director that was supposed to direct, and John Favreau last minute asked Robert Rodriguez to direct. And the timing worked out to where he had an opening in his schedule and Robert Rodriguez came in. And the rumor is the director that was supposed to direct was in fact James Mangold, who was the rumored director of the second go-round for the second Boba Fett film that we didn't get, that we reported on. And when reporters and media asked James Mangold if he was involved he says no but all the trades said yeah he was involved and he was supposed to do a Boba Fett series that somehow fell through the second time around after Josh Trank was supposed to do a film so yeah we get the concept art and it's always awesome I'm always wanting to purchase this stuff and put it on my walls and Yeah, like I said before, we see concept art of the inside of Slave 1, which I don't think we've ever seen before. And if you look closely, you see what you saw in Attack of the Clones, um, the two seats, the, the pilot and the passenger. In the back, you actually see the ladder where, he, where you actually, I guess, crawl on because it's on its back to get to the cockpit. Yeah. And then you see the opening, it looks a lot like the Falcon. And... It's I think we did see the inside of it, though. Ship. I think yeah, you yeah. do, too, in uh, Attack of the Clones. Clone Wars, yeah. Or no, Clone no, Wars. yeah, yeah, yeah. In, uh, um, uh, uh, in Clone Wars, when Boba Fett teams up with Aura Singh to kill Anakin and Mace Windu, and they do have Slave 1, and I think we do see, like, the inside of it. But, again, you know, things, things could have changed since then, so things might not be the same, and he Time might have... Passed done some interior design <laughs> exactly. like every like he day he's he got some christmas it, yeah. lights up there <laughs> and he's got like yeah um uh what jedi or what force wielder do you think will show up could be anyone could be a character we don't even know could See, be a brand new character i mean 
I was thinking this episode because Boba Fett's now like not an antagonist, but you know, like a protagonist in yeah. some way, at least right now in the story. Yeah. I I wouldn't absolutely rule it out that they don't get Samuel L. Jackson back in there. As, as I, I was about to say that. It, it I wouldn't make... rule it out. I do not think it's the likely yeah. answer, but uh, I mean, that'd be crazy first off. And then obviously Boba Fett and Mace have some, some history. So that'd be, that would they've, add a really interesting dynamic. They've, they've got the history. I think that would be like a huge, like a huge thing. Um, during next season, like Mace Windu versus Boba Fett, and then you're dealing w- with like the Empire and the First Order and all that stuff mixed in, and something else that um that might happen, which I've talked about, is that is that again, this did not just draw attention to light side wielders. Um, th- this could also draw attention to to some people from the dark side. So when they're on adventures, they could run into um people that you know um that were maybe Sith Inquisitors or uh, or just people that have just started learning about like the force and stuff and and they want to um, like meet him and see what's going on. And and a theory that I think that's possible is that um, is that there's a character, her name is Mara Jade and she played a big part in Legends and she actually ends up um, being the future wife of Luke Skywalker, I think if she if she showed up because if she she was the apprentice of Darth Sidious um, in Legends while being um, while Darth Vader was the apprentice to the Emperor as well, so I think that is possible um, of her showing up. And if she does, I'll be blown away. But but seeing that character in live action coming from Legends to canon would be pretty cool. Yeah, I know that George Lucas didn't really like Mary Jade. No. So I'm no, not sure how much John Favreau likes that character because I think okay. everything's totally up to Favreau and Filoni here. And I don't know how much Filoni likes Mara Jade. But yeah, I I put a post out on our Twitter at, at Stuff Pod uh, about what everyone really feels about Mace Windu showing up. And there were reactions all across the board some people hated it some people loved it some people did bring up the fact that yeah i mean that would be an interesting conflict between mace windu and boba fett because i mean once they see each other of course we all know that mace windu killed jango fett boba fett's father so what kind of dynamic would that have i mean i mean if we get the huge team up we have one side versus another side i mean that could just split the team so yeah and 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 would end up being like Captain America Civil War, but Star Wars again, again Avengers. John Favreau is turning this into. <laughs> I think Spider Man's going to show up, and uh, it's going to be huge cross platform. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> another another name that shows up at the end is the director of photography. Now, I grew up in the nineties. And I grew up in the time where kind of independent film exploded. And when Clerks hit the scene, hit the scene, it, it, it was a huge film. And there's a lot of Star Wars references. And of course, all the, all the people that were involved in Kevin Smith's Clerks were Star, or are Star Wars fans. And the director of photography for this chapter, David Klein, he was the DP on Clerks as well. So this was like a huge kind of like full circle 
moment for David Klein. And Kevin Smith did react to it as well. He, he made a huge Facebook post about it. The fact that he started on Clerks talking about Star Wars, shooting about talking about Star Wars, and then actually doing something official with Star Wars. I mean, that's, that's an incredible thing. And I mean, I, I, I've always dreamed about having that type of arc in my life, actually trying to do Star Wars type things and actually get to the very top. So I thought that was pretty cool. The future's unknown, David. For sure. Yep, certainly for is. Sure know. But, uh, I mean, obviously the other options for potential Jedi are Ezra and Luke. I think those are two obvious ones. Um, um, uh, Luke, Ezra, Cal, Cal Kestis, Cal Mace Windu, and, and Quinlan Voss because he also survived. And then some people are saying Yaddle. Opo Rancisis. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Oh, oh, him too. He survived Order 66, but we don't know what happened after that, as far as That's I, true. my understanding. Yeah, I, I looked up, I was curious, because, uh, you know, the, the casual Star Wars viewer, Yaddle's been popular in the, new, in the, the news recently, in the social medias for the casual viewer, because people, like, didn't know who Yaddle was, apparently. But I didn't know that Yaddle trained Obo Rancisis. That was something I learned in this mm-hmm. past week. I didn't know. I didn't know about Obo Rancisis's, uh, you know, training, training yeah. journey. So there you go. <laughs> So I think in Legends, Yaddle actually died, right? But it's not yes. canon. It's no longer canon, so okay. anything is possible. Um, and that goes, I think that goes to the same for the character Yarrow Poof. He was the guy that like had the giant like kind of Q-tip head where like he had the long neck and and he kind of looked like he belonged on Camino, but he didn't. Yeah. Um, so there is a lot of there is a lot mm-hmm. of pasta abilities there but if it ends up being yaddle i'll be blown away well but, regardless yaddle wasn't on coruscant because uh ahsoka didn't only refer to i knew one other of its kind you know and he talks about yoda so yeah um, she uh um she ended up leaving the uh the order short not the entire jedi order but of just leaving the council shortly after phantom menace and shock t ended up taking her spot yeah so we just don't know what happened during Order 66. We have no idea if she survived. We didn't hear anything. And I and the reason and, and I think I talked about this on a past podcast, but the reason why that that Yaddle wasn't in the other movies is because of George Lucas um didn't like the way that they did the puppets for that and he just didn't want to bring her back because of that was just a lot of work. So that is one of the main reasons. Yeah, I initially thought Ezra as well, but if you look at the story and, and where we're at in the timeline, if in fact this happens before the epilogue of Rebels, I mean, Ezra's still with Thrawn in the, the Outer Rim, right? We don't know we don't know if that's true yet or not. I, I know that Dave Filoni implied that, but we don't know if that's actually true. Yeah, if it feels like I think we're leaning toward that being true because it it seemed like okay. Dave Filoni was kind of playing coy there and yeah, kind of like with this whole like Ahsoka lives type thing when we all thought Ahsoka was not alive after the Vader duel in Rebels, but yeah, that was uh that was an incredible episode, man. I mean, seeing Boba Fett in live action again and actually doing stuff. I mean, it's oh, so cool. kind of much allotted in fandom. A lot, there was one side that said, yeah, he never did anything. And then the other side, well, 
look at all the comic books and the novels and stuff and yeah he's a really cool character and then george lucas loved the whole character and brought him into attack of the clones and based all the clones off of Django fett so i still haven't seen i was gonna say i haven't seen daniel logan say anything yet um he's the actor who um i'm, I'm explaining to the audience i don't have to explain to you guys because you know who he is but um uh uh some um some people don't know that that daniel logan played him in uh in attack of the clones like a younger version and for a while now he's been um trying to play that character again uh so i'm 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 just trying to think if maybe like like some of the scenes where where Boba Fett's wearing his helmet maybe they got Daniel Logan to come in and maybe he got to wear the suit uh but again we have no idea yeah, well, I just know the actors I don't think trying. Daniel Logan's involved whatsoever No okay yeah, cuz so. yeah uh because of he did come back and voice the character in the Clone Wars and I know that he's been trying to get back into actually wearing the suit and, and he's been doing a campaign for it for a while because he's been working out with Ray Park and doing all that stuff. So we'll just have to see. I mean, I mean, I, I, I love the actor, but I think that um, Morrison is, is like the heart and soul of, I mean, uh, uh, of that character of Django Fett and all that. So I think that's where they should keep it. I agree. Yeah. So what do you guys think about this episode? What's your rating? Do you think this is top two out of season one, season two? Where do you guys Ooh. rank it? It's up there for sure. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I went into it thinking it was kind of going to be a, a little bit of a throwaway, a little bit of like a passive episode before the last two. Um, but holy crap, I was wrong. It was, it was great. So, I mean, I'd give it eight and a half to nine, somewhere in there. I don't know if I'd rank it. Um, I mean, the season finale of season one was pretty good. So, yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. It, it's it's one of the best episodes, and the runtime is didn't really affect it whatsoever. So no, I think that's and, something that we should keep in mind. But I think these last two episodes are going to be pretty long. Hoping, hoping. We have not gotten any episode that is that it's that, that's in the twenty minute mark this season and that made me happy because of there were episodes uh in season one that were in that mark and it, it would just kind of frustrate me because maybe I was just chapter like, two are there other ones chapter two and i i don't know i chapter thought two it was, was like one minutes yeah no there I were thought... the shortest episode of season one was uh 33 minutes which was chapter two really mm-hmm I mean, that maybe after you cut out the credits and stuff, but yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I thought it was 28. Nope. Okay. Yeah, it was 32. This... Oh, well, okay. Well, then I guess I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, chapter but... one was 39, 32, 37, 41, 35, 43, 40, and 48. Oh, okay. So this one is actually ever so slightly longer than... Yeah. Uh, than chapter two since the second shortest yeah. episode. I, I, and, and something that Sam did point out is that is that they had more? Um, they had more of a budget this season um, because the first season did so well. So I think they're doing things that they really wanted to do during season one. But now that that season one did like phenomenal, they are just going over the top with stuff. And I think that's a great thing to do with with stars right now because 
we aren't getting a uh, a movie until 2023. So right now, The Mandalorian, Kenobi, Cassian, all these like shows that they've been talking about doing is what's going to hold us off until the news like films come out. Right, and we're not even getting Dune now until October. Yeah. So, yep. I know James is not happy about that, and I know David's not really happy about that either. But it'll only a couple uh, weeks I, away. I was excited. As long you as can. we get it eventually, I mean, yeah. I, I'm not any in any big rush to to watch Dune. But yeah, I wanted to talk about the fact that the the uh, ri- the actual director of Chapter Two is going to be the writer of the next chapter we get, and probably probably be the director. Um, we don't know who's going to direct the very last chapter for for season two. Rumor yeah, has it's George Lucas, Lucas, isn't it? Really, yeah. I did not hear that rumor. Yeah. It's not a rumor. It's, it's it's for sure. The writer is Rick Famuyiwa. No, 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 no. I said that um uh that a rumor is that the last um is that the last episode will be directed by George Lucas. Uh, I think that's really kind of like a fan kind of projection <laughs> and fan like wish. Um, I don't think he's gonna direct. Uh, mm. Yeah, that's that's just my opinion. But I mean, I'm totally welcome to it. I hope it happens. I think that yeah. would be pretty cool. But I think we're leaning more towards John Favreau. I think John Favreau wrote the very last episode as well, and of course, I think we all think there's going to be a huge cliffhanger. So, yeah. And a rumor. Speaking of rumors, a New Republic animated series has been rumored. Yeah. And I think that that's that's a good move because I know all the books are about to come out, and I think having something on Disney plus associated to the high Republic is a good move because it feels like it's going to be almost kind of removed from, I think the fandom in a way, if you just leave it in book form, I think having it kind of really in front of people's eyes, along with the clone wars and along with rebels, which is hit a huge surge after, after the Ahsoka episode, I think is the move. And if they really do want that era of Star Wars to be important and to be relevant and to be talked about, I think, yeah, an animated series would be great. And that, it, with animated series, we don't know if they had already been working on it. Um, I think I think that was the case with Rebels, right? Rebels had uh, a situation where um, it was going to come out and they announced it and they had been working on it for a while. I think the same thing with Resistance as well. I don't know but and then the news of obi-wan being oh, shot yeah. early january and it's going to be shot the rumor is boston which is kind of odd uh, <laughs> maybe they built no. a volume at mit or something <laughs> i'd i'd uh... if there's a desert over there right i think so <laughs> well yeah. well i, I well, outside I mean, massachusetts that, uh outside boston I think the actor is living in 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 the New York area um, right now, so I think that might be one of the reasons why it would make sense. But at the same time, I mean, he did come to set for the Mandalorian, so it makes sense that like they would do it there. Yeah, I say they built a brand new volume. That's in Boston, out of all places, Boston. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's a weird rumor in a weird location, but nah, yeah, Diego okay. Luna also did a uh, appearance on the Jimmy yeah. Kimmel show, and Kimmel asked him directly, "Are are you? What are you doing right now? What are you shooting?" 
and he uh, Diego Luna made reference to a small like independent project and he kind of played it off and then of course Kimmel knew exactly what he was talking about and he's like yeah with Lucasfilm right and he's like yeah a small company Lucasfilm uh, it's a small little project <laughs> with his friends so yeah we had known for a little while that he had been in that area in uh, in uh, England uh, shooting Cassian or getting ready to shoot yeah so I'm already getting kind of sad that there's only two more episodes left and that there's yeah. going to be a huge vacuum in Mandalorian content. And we're going to wait. We have to wait till next October to get our next shows. So when is, ba- when is Bad Bad supposed to come out? Is that October? I think February or, time yeah. frame. Yeah, it's, it's early next year's first quarter. So, yeah. I mean, we don't have to wait that long for new Star Wars. But well, I was talking coming. Mandalorian stuff. Yeah, wait, I know. Wait. I understand. Okay, hang on. Wait, wait. You're saying that Bad Batch is coming in February? Yeah, around that time. February, March. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm... been in development. And right. For a while. But if it's coming that soon, then you thought that we would have seen a trailer or something for it. I thought that was coming out until at least 2022 or, or maybe the end of next year. That, that's soon. That's wild. And yeah, I think rumors came out with that as well uh, that uh, Bo-Katan might actually be featured yeah, in that as well. I saw that too, and uh, and and that and that they are doing the clone like the Clone Wars animation type style for that too, which I think is a good call. I think that's a good call. I don't think they should go back to the style they did in Rebels. I don't think they should do stuff like they did in the Resistance show. I think they should stick with the animation style they've been doing with the Clone Wars because it works. Well, season seven really was like awesome. So. Season, see, season seven felt like a movie. Like, I, I mean, the, uh, the way they did that and the storytelling and everything, and something that's great about Bad Batch is that this is happening directly after Order 66. So we have no idea if... Uh, if the team is involved with with, with like the whole um, thing of them taking out the Jedi because of they were different and maybe they didn't have the chips like the other clones did, and and we have no idea if we'll see them be on the light side and kind of do their own thing or they'll just serve under the Empire and they'll be dark side. The entire I'm okay time. with either, honestly. Yeah, It'd be really cool to see like you know from. Uh... From the Empire's perspective, you know, like uh, this, this, the SEAL Team Six uh, of the Empire. Um, that that's actually super exciting. I didn't know it was coming that soon. I thought it was coming in like later yeah, I, during the year. No, I thought it was first quarter. I just didn't know it was February. Interesting. Okay. Well, then I guess you don't have to wait that long for something Star Wars. Then uh, I thought the next thing would be Star Wars Day, but that's awesome if if it's going to be that soon. It's kind of crazy to me. I I didn't know that. Yeah, StarWars.com says 2021, so the date might be subject to change. I don't know. COVID might have okay. impacted yeah. it, too. Okay. But I think All at right. least this summer when I heard that, I was thinking first quarter. So that's what's yeah. in my okay. head. But yeah, it's totally possible to push it off six months. It's, yeah. It's a crazy year. So Because, I mean, that would probably hold hold people off until like the next season of the Mandal- of the Mandalorian and, and Cassian and Kenobi and all those shows. And, and, uh, and then we've got star Wars day and we'll probably get more announcements like of the new films and more projects coming out that we don't know about. And the new Lego star Wars game is, is, is coming out too. So there's a lot of stuff to look forward to in 2021. It's just gonna, it's gonna stink because we've been, so used to the we've been so used to every friday waking up and being like oh it's the mandalorian 
and then it's going to be like you know gone for a couple of months and but the wait is going to be worth it and if you guys just want to re-watch um stuff there's honestly there is so much content and probably over a month's worth of content to watch like clone wars rebels resistance the mandalorian all like all the star wars films uh there's so much content like to do and 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 there's a bunch of games stars battlefront star wars battlefront 2 jedi fallen order uh so there's so much to keep us busy until then and i think that's great that we have all that content to 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 look at yeah definitely it's it's a great time to be a star wars fan Mm-hmm. A new character poster also dropped, and it shows all the characters we've seen up to this point. Yeah, so aside from Boba Fett, but we do have Cobb Vanth in the bottom right hand corner. We have Frog Lady, Bo Katan, Cara Dune is right in the middle, Ahsoka Tano, Brief Karga. So I was thinking, who is the next character we're going to see on that? And of course, I think the character, uh, the standalone character poster that we're going to get Monday morning is going to be Boba Fett and maybe Fennec Shand as well. So I thought it was kind of cool. They dropped that. And the other huge momentous historical news that dropped that I want to talk about that I think will eventually affect star Wars is the fact that Warner brothers is dropping their entire slate of theatrical releases on HBO max yeah. Which is going to shift the entire paradigm of movie releases. And I know December 10th, there's going to be a big announcement by Disney. I think it's an investor call where they're going, going to make some announcements. And they're probably going to talk about the fact that they're dropping Marvel films that were slated to come out on Disney Plus day and date. Just like what HBO Max is about to do with Warner Brothers. So... They say it's a one-year plan, but I think this is going to be standard from here on out. Because you think about the state of movie theaters right now, a lot of these movie theaters are going bankrupt, and a lot of people people like comfortable going back to movie theaters, even when they do say, we can all come back. So I think this is something that's going to be world-changing for us. Yeah, I like I mean, so that I it it really just depends on the movie, but again, for Marvel and Star Wars and stuff, those are the movies where you want to be in the theater with a crowd. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to watch a new Star Wars movie not in the theaters. Yeah. I refuse. Uh, I won't do it. I will, but I don't want to. Yeah. The, those experiences are just amazing and I can't I mean, um we saw the rise of Skywalker, um, a, a couple of days early. Um, so like Matt, myself and David, and we watched it and that theater experience was so cool because of every single time something happened, I would look like towards David and be like, Oh my, look, it's John Williams. And David's like, I know. And it would be like, yeah. And, 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 and that, that kind of stuff, uh, you cannot experience it not being in a theater. And I think that, uh, I think a one year thing would be a good idea. Like, I mean, of, of, of just doing that for a year. So then we can see, so then we can see the Eternals and black widow and, um, 
I just don't think seeing Star Wars and Marvel movies not in the theater is is a good idea because of those experiences really what makes those movies great. And seeing them on IMAX and seeing them with a crowd is what really um, just makes those experiences fantastic. It's like having celebration and not being there in person and just doing a virtual, it would not be the same and people would hate it because of that convention and that experience is what really changes. I mean, it it changes people's lives. Like, honestly, this podcast would not be happening if I never met David and, uh, and, and David and James and all of us were not like in the same area at the same time. Um, So it does stink about COVID going on, but putting those experiences on hold, um, might be worth it in the long run um, because of it just takes that experience away. Movie theaters won't go away. We've already seen like one reformation yeah. through history of, um, you know, the movie theater thing when like home videos became a possibility because for yeah. so long you couldn't even see movies at home, right? Maybe once a yeah. year if they were shown on TV. Um, yeah. So I mean, I didn't live through that obviously, but um, <laughs> I- I'm sure a lot of people, you know, are like, do we want to see it in the theaters? or just want to wait till we can get it on, you know, home video. Yeah, or something. Um, so I mean, obviously, movie theaters uh, survive that, right? And movies have the highest budgets they've ever had by a long shot. So I mean, I don't think we're gonna see the death of cinema, um, you know, in movie theaters. Um, but I think the industry probably will change. There will probably be more things that go straight to streaming services. But that's maybe okay, you know? Yeah. So yeah, my prediction is in 2023. We're going to get a Star Wars movie on Disney Plus with the option to go to the theater and see it. And I think that's going to be the model from 2021 on. The theater industry isn't going to die, but a lot of those chains are going to go away. And I think it's going to go the way of the 8-track, the cassette, the VHS. I mean, it's... They're Don't still be kind Don't of around. But yeah, it's... It, I mean, a lot of theater chains are going to go away but that uh, the amount of money because i mean i mean unless the industry completely changes where they can make a ton of money just launching on streaming services but i can't imagine um i think you're gonna i think you're gonna see like i mean they make so much money through cinemas and i can't imagine that that having that big of a switch you're gonna have movies that are going to release on movie theaters maybe they won't have the lull you know it used to be like movie theater nothing and then it would come out on dvd right mm-hmm. yeah and so maybe we might see like the second they're done the movie theaters they might start on streaming services or like streaming services might happen at the same time they're still gonna have a few weeks there i think with movies where right they're still in cinemas i don't know yeah. i don't know we'll see um the future holds they um they they just released a couple of the new black series stuff in uh in stores again so over at target so after this i think i'm just gonna head over to target and i'll probably (laughs) go and get some get some black series because i'm seeing like people are buying like a bunch of them and then they're reselling them online and i was like come on yeah yeah (laughs) um i think that's everything yep i think that's everything too and um of course if you want to follow us on social media we are on instagram at yes Star Wars stuff podcast. Uh, we're also our, on Twitter. Yeah, our goal is to get to two thousand um, to two thousand followers by the end of this year. Um, I think it's possible. So, if you guys are fans of us, and on two thousand two thousand twenty for twenty twenty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get um, that tagline. Come on. We uh, <laughs> we. <Hashtag. laughs> 
Yeah, we would greatly, uh, we, we would greatly appreciate it. And, um, and we would not be doing this if it wasn't for you guys. So thank you so much for, for um, sub, supporting us over the years and just kind of um, sending us emails and your stories and stuff. Like we love that. So um, again, guys, thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. Especially our, our patrons. Uh, we just got, yeah. I think, a new uh, Patreon subscriber just a while ago while we we're recording. So, yeah, oh, thank wow. you so much to everyone that's uh, out there. We're going to drop some new stuff here pretty soon. I actually texted with Matt, and uh, he's about to uh, send me some Clone Wars commentaries. So, yeah. Twitter, nice. at StuffPod. Uh, we're there a lot more now. TikTok, uh, Ray's going to drop some more uh, yeah. videos of her. Uh, cosplay as um who is it the name sabe. is sabe. Yeah, yeah sabe i like and i i mean and she ironically she does a bunch of stuff as ray because of she's a she she, she does ray for the rebel legion but yeah. she's been doing a lot of stuff for clone wars and and she just sent me a text what while we were recording saying that like she just got done like watching season five and she and she was just blown away by everything that happened so <laughs> if you haven't yet guys i would watch clone wars because it's it's great and it does connect to the movies in a big way yeah it is trending right now and mm-hmm. of course we're on facebook we have a facebook group and we have a facebook page and we also uh would like for you to go to apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review and uh five star rating and leave us a review so yeah yeah, that is it for uh this week and uh for colin and sam i'm david and may the force be with you always always